prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to the State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, as always, joined by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. Hey, and it's it's week one. We are ready for the regular season. The Las Vegas Raiders will be heading to Denver this weekend to take on the Denver Broncos, taking on Russell Wilson, the first game of the Sean Payton era. And for the Raiders, it's the first game of the Jimmy Garoppolo era. Uh, Josh McDaniels, year two. We'll see what uh, what he can do. Uh, who's fired up? Everybody ready to go uh, week one? No one's ready. Wow. The enthusiasm. The enthusiasm is, is not there. These guys are these guys are not ready. Yeah, man. We're going to Denver. Get to see some nice mountains. You know what I mean? It's a, they got a lot of good beer there, I hear. It's a, it's a great place to open the season. Perfect out, place man. for Deshaun to open up. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love it. But uh, no, nah, I mean, Raiders fans got to love this matchup. I mean, they haven't lost to the Broncos since... You know, the Obama administration. So, I mean, they, they win every time, you know, so this is going to be a great week for them. Yeah, I'm excited. I think, you know, training camp and the preseason for me are always you know, last forever. And there's so much. Um, every team's optimistic, which is good this time of year, but you really don't know what's real. So we get a chance to see it this Sunday, what uh, they really have improved on, what really is um, going to be issues for them the rest of the year. Man, I'm excited to see you, Russell. <laughs> I'm excited to see <laughs> I mean, if I was the Broncos, I mean, the Raiders defense, I'd be excited to see Russell Wilson. No, I, I mean, I'm curious to see if Sean Payton can turn Russell Wilson around. I, I, you know, if he can't, that's going to be another two easy wins on the, on the Raiders schedule. Because, yeah, I mean, the Broncos are already dealing with some injury issues. And this is a good starter game for the, the Raiders, theoretically. Well, it would not be week one for the Raiders if there wasn't something going on and um you know we don't really know what is going on with Chandler Jones at this point um we we've seen the posts on social media you know Josh McDaniels did didn't really address it at all all that much on Wednesday they said it's a private personal matter that they're dealing with have dealt with um and as far as we know we can i think pretty fairly assume that uh Chandler Jones will not be out there on Sunday and uh it's 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 just a weird deal i mean he was the guy just a couple days ago was tweeting about how excited he was for uh, for year 12. And now I uh, don't really know what's going on with him, but it looks like the Raiders are likely going to be without him. And, and I guess that'll put some pressure on uh, Tyree Wilson. Might have to jump right in as an immediate starter. Yeah, obviously, we don't want to assume too much just because it's all, you know, be speculation at this point. But, you know, Chandler, he, he seemed to have been sharing text messages between him and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and you know, videos and photos of himself and various messages related to the Bible and religion. So it's kind of hard to piece together exactly what's going on with him. But in one of those posts, he did say, you know, I wanted to play Sunday, which is, you know, indicates that he's not playing Sunday. So I think, you know, especially with him not practicing, not being in team meetings earlier this week, not practicing Wednesday, likely not practicing today, you know, it's just, you know, it's safe to assume, I would say, that he's not going to play this week, which, you know, in this situation, obviously, isn't the primary concern. You know, you hope that, that Chandler's okay and that obviously something's going on, but hopefully that he's able to, 
you know, I guess recover would be the word. But from a football perspective, you know, the Raiders, you know, they, they have to play a game on Sunday and have to find a way to replace him. He was in line to start, as, as many expected. And so now the question is, you know, if Chandler's not out there, what do, what do the Raiders do? Yeah, he's obviously going through something. I and mean, obviously he's not happy with Josh McDaniels and David Ziegler. We know that. And, and Josh kind of didn't want to talk about it, which makes sense because I'm sure there's a lot of things they got to figure out, both from uh, on the field, off the field, um, how they're going to deal with this. But, yeah, I think definitely it's a safe assumption he's not going to play this Sunday, probably not for a little while. So that turns the focus to the football field where we do know what we, what is happening and they need to replace him. I mean, the, the plan was to have him in there with Max Crosby to kind of let Tyree Wilson kind of adjust and grow slowly. He's coming back from the foot injury. They wanted to, he's still kind of on a pitch count. I think they're still trying to, he won't be full full go this Sunday. I think they have a, probably a number of plays where they want him to play. So uh, Malcolm Coos also becomes a factor there. Malcolm Coos will become a guy they're counting on to get some pass rush on, on Russell Wilson. So, um, yeah, I mean, their, their, their plan um, obviously has changed because of this. And so we'll see how it affects them in, in the game on Sunday. It's a weird situation. I mean, what we do know is that one of the text message exchanges he had with Josh McDaniels dated back from when he started missing training camp time. So this could have been an issue that was ongoing and, you know, maybe something set him, set him off as far as not being able to enter the facility this week. And he did have a strange episode when he was in New England involving the police where he, he was acting b- bizarrely as well. So, that, you know, this has happened in the past before. But, you know, we don't know what's going on in this specific situation. Like you guys said, it, it, it seems pretty unlikely that everything's going to be okay and he's going to be in the locker room and be be able to play this week. So it seems highly likely that he's, he's not going to play and... Uh, Tyree Wilson is going to have to is, is probably going to be the starter and he's raw I mean we, we saw his, his his strength and his uh, able to convert speed to power against the Cowboys but he's still very raw and you know there's a lot for him to learn and the plan was for for the Raiders to ease him into uh, things but it's, it's not going to happen he's going to get a baptism by fire and he's going to um, have to learn real quick he's going to make mistakes but hopefully you at least see uh, some of the the traits show up. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that uh, Malcolm Kuntz might not you know he might get to start um, this week. Uh, even in in Wilson's preseason debut, he, he came off the off the bench. He did play that first possession, but um, like Vic said, I, I do think they're still being um, I don't know if cautious is the word, but bringing him along slowly. Um, you know, given he missed most of OTAs and, and pretty much most of training camp, um, they don't want to rush him too much when it comes to his continued work back from from rehabbing from from foot surgery last year and so Coates you know he looked pretty good in training camp um you know he he really flashed I, w- I would say in that the final preseason game and so I wouldn't be surprised if, if he starts the game and then they kind of work in Wilson and the two sort of rotate you know McDaniels was asked about could, could Wilson take on a bigger role and you know it was, it was kind of a, a mixed bag answer but it kind of insinuated it's, it's not going to be just one guy opposite of Max Crosby the entire time and so I think it'll be almost uh, a defensive end by by committee approach, um, at least for this week. You know, and certainly as you look to the future, being able to see what they have there with with both Coons and Wilson. I mean, if they can they can have that kind of a young defensive end rotation. I mean, the ideal world, obviously, is is that 
Tyree Wilson develops into the every down pass rusher opposite Max Crosby, and you've got a nice bookend for the next you know five, ten, whatever years. But uh, if they can develop a nice little young defensive end rotation opposite Crosby, um, that's definitely a positive for this defense that has looked good. And you know, Vic, you've talked about the the way the interiors looked, um, and certainly getting more pressure and getting a more stout interior is going to help those guys on the outside. For sure. And when we'll mention, you know, Tyree also see uh, Byron Young, a guy they have high hopes for. He can play both inside and outside, I think. So we'll see how he develops. But um, for sure, it's, I mean, um, they have had some good depth this preseason and training camp. They have looked good. So maybe that, you know, takes away some of the sting. But um, Chandler Jones definitely was a, a big part of their plans this year. I and mean, obviously they're paying them pretty well. So um, uh, it's definitely going to be. Um, Adjustment and and also thing. I mean, you really don't know the effect on the locker room. I think Max Crosby has it in check, and yesterday we talk about it, and obviously he can't. But I mean, that's the other thing is how the the locker room handles this whole thing with Chandler Jones because he was a team leader last. He wasn't a captain, but he was definitely a guy that um, both Dave and Josh referred to as a team leader and a guy who knew them from New England. So he definitely came in knowing you know, the Patriot way and kind of. Um, was a guy who put a stamp on it. So um, if you're one of the new players on, the, on this roster, there are a lot of new players on this roster this year, I'm sure you're watching this like, you know, what, what the hell's going on? So it's not by no means an ideal um, situation to go into a first game of a season with. You know, and so much of this team has been built around bringing in those guys that they knew from New England. Part of the deal there is kind of these are the guys that are going to buy in. They know us. They're, they're going to believe in us. And so if... If you've got Chandler Jones having some kind of an issue with them, you know, and I would imagine the players probably know more information about whatever those issues are um, than certainly what we do. If you've got him having issues with this regime and he's one of the guys that's supposed to be, you know, quote unquote, bought in, has experience with them, just hope that doesn't spill over to the rest of the roster. Yeah, for sure. We're going to, obviously, we'll find out a lot more than we know now at some point. Right now, we're all just trying to piece together, you know, really obscure you know, posts and, and, and Antonio Brown references and stuff. So it's kind of a, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre week, which, you know, for the Raiders, unfortunately, it's kind of been their history. Like they've always had issues uh, before the, the opener. So this is, we're, we're back there again. But um, yeah, again, I think a lot of it, you said it's unknown. Um, the players know more than we do. How much more they know than, than us, I'm, I'm not sure either. So um, I'm not sure how much uh, Dave and Josh kept this from everybody else. But um, I guess we'll find out. All right. One other little piece of news is the Raiders did restructure Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. And I know first some people, you know, like, oh, is, is that a move incoming? And this was all kind of as we were learning about Chandler Jones and wondering if it was related. And um, really what it came down to is the Raiders were seven million over the cap and they had to get com- cap compliant. So uh, they restructured his deal, saved 17 million in cap space. I think the biggest impact and you know, this is something we thought they might do if, if he were able to pass his physical just because, you know, they didn't the way they redid the contract after he failed the physical at signing was no signing bonus. It was all going to be base salary by restructuring it. Now they're able to, you know, the cap hit this year, I think it's under 7 million, but it does commit them to him going forward. You know, next year, I think there's a $28 million dead cap hit where they could have moved on from him. I think for about 11 million. So uh, certainly changes uh, the commitment to him. He's a guy that they feel good about. They, you know, they think he can uh, he can work with these weapons, and so uh, I, they're certainly not concerned about adding extra commitment to him. But uh, what do we think about the restructure of Garoppolo and what that does in terms of uh, you know this season and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I think it double down doubles down on the fact that they think that they they have their guy at least for the the short term. You know, I, I know there's been a lot of fan speculation about you know tanking going into this season, but uh, that, that was the plan. I don't think. 
signing yourself up for a $30 million commitment to a quarterback next season would, would be the the best move, especially, you know, if the season goes bad, chances are Garoppolo didn't play that well. So that probably wouldn't be a very tradable contract. And so, you know, I think it locks in, you know, at least Garoppolo being on the roster, if not the starter for, for two seasons um, and, and not just this year, kind of how the previous structure gave them some freedom to to maybe get out of it, you know, if this year didn't go so well. And so I think it's a commitment, you know, by McDaniels and, and Ziggler to, to Garoppolo. I wonder if they had like a, an agreement before, like, you know, oh, if if the foot is healthy and everything, then they would go kind of go back to this structure after the, the original restructure after there's, you know, the physical, you know, as far as committing to him next year, it it's not the most prudent move. I mean, if you watch college football this Saturday, there's a lot of good quarterbacks next year. So if things don't work out too well, I mean, there's so many options coming next year and the middle class of quarterbacks should be very on edge, you know, as far as what their position in the league next year is going to be, because there's going to be a, a big infusion of talent in the, in the quarterback position. And and the Raiders has made a commitment to um, grapple next year. It doesn't mean that they can't get um, can't go um, young next year, but it, it, it does kind of uh, handcuff them. Jimmy Garoppolo has been on a team before where they took a quarterback number three. Uh, you know, there, there's no reason just because they have him locked in for next year, essentially, that they can't draft a guy and, and say, yo, go compete with Garoppolo at training camp. And if if you beat out Garoppolo, we'll, we'll give you the job. I, I don't I wouldn't imagine they would have any problem doing that. But um, yeah, Garoppolo may not love it happening to him again, but I, I would I would certainly think it would still be a possibility. Sure, he loves thirty million dollars. I mean, nothing about Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo's personality um, gets you thinking about a tank job. I mean, he instills confidence in his teammates. I think Mark Davis really loves him, and obviously Dave and Josh knew him. So, just his kind of uh, he's just kind of a guy's guy. I mean, people like his. He's low key, but he's kind of competitive and kind of a. Got some toughness to him, so I just despite the injuries, but um, so I think the whole thing about tanking was always kind of ridiculous. And now they, they clearly think they have some talent on this roster. How much? How much everyone fits in with Josh's way of thinking? We'll find out. But he's a guy. At least you can say you know, he's our he's our guy for the next two years. And again, they can draft someone next year, but this just means Jimmy will be starting the next two years if his health holds up. And but obviously, it's everyone's uh, everyone's hope. And for the you know immediate future this year, I mean, it, it puts them at about ten million dollars in cash space, and so um, you know it gives them some roster flexibility in terms of you know if they want to sign somebody off the street or if they want to swing a trade or you know manage the roster in other ways, they have some more flexibility to, to do that. Now they had to get cap compliant anyway, but they didn't necessarily have to get ten million under the cap, and so that gives them you know I think that's intentional to give them some more room to work with moving forward throughout the season. And something else worth mentioning probably is that, you know, that I believe the roster exemption for Josh Jacobs expires before the first game. They, they currently still have 54 guys on the roster, so they will have to make at least one move. Um, I don't think that'll, you know, significantly eat into that cap space. But just a couple roster maintenance things to, to watch as well as the, you know, commitment to Garoppolo. Let's talk about this opener. Going to Denver, Broncos, they've won six in a row, so not quite the Obama administration, but uh, it's, it's, it's been a nice Close run enough. for the Raiders. It's, <laughs> it's been a nice run for the Raiders against the Broncos. Um, what are our expectations going into this opener? I mean, the Broncos are just a really, really hard team to know what you're going to get because they were so bad last year. Russell Wilson was so unwatchable, especially when 
the NFL just slammed them down our throats with like, I think, I think they had like four primetime games in the first five weeks of the season. And it was just like constantly just making us watch this team look awful out there. Now they've got Sean Payton and like, there's, you know, it's kind of the, the assumption that, okay, well that, that should help. And I don't know if anybody is going to say that's going to cure Russell Wilson, but I mean, if, if you're, if you're going to try to salvage Russell Wilson, that should help. Uh, you know, what, what do we think about this Broncos team? I mean, these are, these are two teams that are kind of fighting to try to see if they can claw their way up the, uh, the ladder in the AFC West, which is, uh, you know, figures to be pretty tough again this season. I love Sean Payton's quote to Russell Wilson on Seth Wickerman's story. He, to stop kissing babies, you're not, you know, <laughs> running for a campaign or anything out there. But I feel like I, I think that's what Russell Wilson needs. You know, he needs somebody to tell him how it is, and just to, I mean, some of the the stories you hear about the control he had uh, when he got traded to the Broncos, far, you know, having his own office, having his own quarterback coach there with him, and just having unprecedented control. You know, just having somebody tell him that he can't have those things and just to kind of take control of the offense again. You know, I think the Broncos kind of signaled what they want to do early in free agency when they said they signed Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey to that offensive line. Those are two, you know, really strong run blockers and aren't as great in pass protection. So I think they're going to go to a power run game. They're really going to try to focus on running the ball and kind of taking the ball away from Russell Wilson and creating play action opportunities for him. So, you know, I, I think the Raiders have to prepare for a more physical Broncos team that's not going to just really put too much responsibility uh, on Russell. So the Raiders run defense is going to put to the test uh, early. So, I, you know, I think that's where Tyree Wilson can make an impact early if he does have to start is or not start, but at least play heavy minutes in rotation is uh, his run defense will get put to the test. Outside of the offensive line, I mean, uh, Javante Williams, you know, he's back healthy this year and he's going to play this week after pretty much missing most of last season with a pretty severe knee injury. And that'll obviously give their their run game a pretty big boost. And, you know, I mean, the Raiders defense didn't do too much well last season, but the, the run defense was not good at all. And so that'll put that interior defensive line that we've been hyping up, you know, all offseason to the test for sure. And a linebacker unit that, you know, looks a little thin on paper, I would say. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Broncos, you know, take a run first approach in this one. And, um, you know, even with all the the uncertainty about the Broncos offense, I, I, feel, I feel pretty certain about their defense. Like, I think it's going to be a, a pretty elite unit, like top five-ish unit in the league. I mean, the pass rush looks like it's going to be great. Um, the linebackers are great. The secondary led by Pat Sertain is one of the best in the league. And so um, I know they had a defensive coordinator change, but, but a lot of that talent is still there. And so, yeah, I think it'll be, that'll be the, obviously the, the toughest unit that the Broncos pose to them. And even if the offense, you know, is so, so still, if, if that defense is lights out, it'll, it'll make it a tough game. Yeah, I do think their pass rush is underrated. I've always been a big fan of Randy Gregory. Um, I think he's going to have a big year this year. And again, it, one of the things we talked about last year a lot, not so much this year, has kind of got a little buried, was the Raiders' offensive line. I mean, is it uh, as okay as it was last year? Do they still have holes there? I mean, how will the new the new guard do? And, and at right tackle, is having a right tackle. So I think there's a lot of question marks in the O-line, and we'll see how they can protect Jimmy Garoppolo because he will need some protection. He's not... You know, a mobile quarterback by any means is definitely a guy who uh, can get hit and will get hit. So that's a key thing. And um, it's a great matchup, I think, just because both teams have so many question marks. Don't know really what to expect from either team. 
Obviously, Sean Payton's come in, and uh, that in itself, the coaching matchup is great because, you know, Josh McDaniels was there in Denver, and they hate him. They call him Hurricane Josh because he came in and kind of destroyed their their franchise for a couple years. So, Bronco fans are going to be fired up to see this new guy come in and kind of right the ship. And Josh has a lot to prove also, so I just think... um, it's a great matchup, just as far as we'll know a lot more about where this team stands after that game and what their hopes are this year because um, we've talked about the Raiders' schedule. These first four games are pretty brutal. They got, you know, they're at Denver, at Buffalo, home against the Steelers, and then at the Chargers. So you got to survive the first four games have any chance to be, you know, a factor this season. An interesting angle, and we've got a story running Friday morning on The Athletic about this. Uh, Vic and our Broncos writer, Nick Cosmider, took a, a look. We've had a, a series. This is the, the final part in a six-part series, breaking down, kind of comparing two franchises and you know which would you rather be looking forward for basically for this year and then into the next three years. Like so, And so Friday morning we've got running, who would you rather be, the Broncos or the Raiders? Uh, so I'll pose that question to you guys. You know, If you're talking about trying to contend in both the AFC West and, and the AFC, uh, see if you can be a team that can knock off the Chiefs. And um, you know, we, we say knock off the Chargers. You know, we, we kind of just always assume they're going to be in there at the top, even though they, they kind of go up and down. Who would you rather be, the Broncos or the Raiders over the next three years? Who do you, which, which franchise do we think is built better? We got to choose, uh, Vic. You were you, you wrote it. I mean, you, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say the Broncos. Vic only had to only Vic Vic didn't have to argue the points. Vic just had right. to present you with the information, and the the, 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 the readers will be. There's going to be a poll on this, so the readers will uh, will end up deciding. Here's my reasoning. I'll say the Broncos for the very reason that um, you know the Raiders with Mark Davis obviously not a lot of success. Um, Josh McDaniels and David Ziegler are a big question mark. So. And they made it themselves say they really know this year if they're like going for it, they're going to win, or they're rebuilding. They're kind of in a weird middle kind of area, gray area. Whereas, you know, the Broncos got Sean Payton, who has a ring, has a definite philosophy and a style that has worked in the past. And he's got some bravado and some swagger, which I think fans are going to respond to and players respond to in the past. So just based on that proven track record, uh, I'll go with Sean Payton and the Broncos. Ted, you picking the, the Denver Tim Patricks? Is it? Is that true? <laughs> That's why I would rather be a Raider right, right now because Tim Patrick's hurt two years in a row. That's just, you know, that's devastating for a franchise. No, but uh, I think the Broncos are, after that Russell Wilson trade, might be one of the worst trades in, in the history of, of football. And you're kind of stuck to Russell Wilson, I think, for another year from what I remember. I, I could be wrong. Uh, and they lost all those first round draft picks. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I do see. The point with new ownership coming in, you know, that potentially that could be a much better thing. And um, I think Sean Payton's a, a great coach. So you have two very strong pillars for for a strong franchise moving forward. But I, I think I, I, I just like the flexibility for the Raiders a little bit more. They can move on f- from Jimmy Garoppolo after 2024 and they still have the, the capital to, to get a quarterback. So um, I you know, and they have a new stadium in Las Vegas. So I, I think right now I would, um, I think the Raiders have a little bit more flexibility into the future. Yeah, I mean, next year the Raiders have more. But I think if you look at, at 2025, both of these teams are, are well over $100 million in cap space. Right now, we don't really know what the, <laughs> he's with the, he's not even on the team anymore, man. What are you talking about, Brian? Our producer said Drew Locke. <laughs> Drew Locke is no longer a Denver Bronco, man. Come on now. Uh, legend. 
Yeah, but both, legacy though. He has, a, he has a legacy, and the <laughs> legacy is still in Denver. Like the July, uh, mystique. But yeah, both these teams have have a lot of cap space in, in terms of that. So I think it really comes down to who do you think has the better core of, of young talent um, on the roster, and I, I think I would say the Broncos from that standpoint. You know, the, the Raiders, part of the reason why they have so much flexibility is because the roster is so much in flux and they've missed on a lot of first round draft picks and, and things of that nature. So there's a reason behind that. Um, I do think it's a good point. That they they do still have pretty much all their their draft picks moving into the future. But I think they're going to be, you know, like like I don't I don't think they'll be great this season, but I don't, I don't think necessarily going to be a team where it's like they have the number one overall pick or anything like that. And so um, I, th- I think I'd still lean towards the Broncos just because I feel better about their infrastructure in terms of their front office. Um, you know, I, I think that that future flexibility to eventually, if they need to, like if he can't bounce back, move on from Russell Wilson, they have a pretty pretty nice defense and all the, a nice core of young talent. Um, they have a, a owner that can basically spend whatever they ever wanted to spend about on anything, essentially. So um, I, th- I think the Broncos have a a better setup. I, don't, I still don't know how great their setup is. Like, I, I don't see them being like an AFC contender uh, anytime soon, but I think between the two, I'd, I'd roll with them. I don't see either of these teams contending in the conference anytime in the next three years. Um, their biggest hope for the next three years is a second place finish in the AFC West and a wild card berth, um, which I mean, I, I think both teams would be ecstatic with that this season, um, although I don't really see it. I take the Broncos just because of Sean Payton. I think Josh McDaniels has not proven anything as a head coach um, in his, you know, what three and a half seasons that he's coach. You know, the the time with Denver and and this season, one season with the Raiders, and until he proves anything this year that that he's going to be able to successfully manage a franchise, I I can't get behind that. Um, and if you're talking about a team that could be a year or two away from going through another regime change, if I mean if things don't go well this year probably get one more year but if things don't go well next year then you're probably looking at another regime change and so if we're talking three years out we could be in year one of the next regime and does that mean another rebuild and um, hopefully that's not the case for Raider fans hopefully they uh this regime does figure things out and and get something built but um gotta see it before we can believe it anything else you guys are, are looking forward to in this opener I mean seeing this rookie class play is going to be you know as we talk about the regime the regime has a lot riding on this rookie class. I mean, I think they really need not in week one necessarily, not you know, not in the first half of the season, but I think by the second half of the season, you're going to really need to see at least two or three of the the rookies from this class emerge and look like those are are going to be guys that are going to be starters here for a long time. Yeah, I think that was Vic's barometer last last year, right? Or, or going into this year was find three starters. You know, I think they have to, given the amount of draft capital they they had this off season. Like, I mean, you almost. Almost have to. Obviously, an unexpected situation with Chandler Jones kind of opens the door for, you know, if it's a significant amount of time that he's away, you know, for Tyree Wilson to potentially step into a starting role. Um, but, you know, looking back at the secondary, Jacorian Bennett, he's been a guy that's been in the mix as, as a starting cornerback, potentially. Um, Michael Mayer, we'll see if he starts over Austin Hooper or not. Um, but, but you would like to see him in the mix if you're the Raiders. Um, you know, from there, it's probably more so rotational guys. I mean, Trey Tucker. You know, unless Hunter Renfro gets traded or something of that nature, he's he's probably going to be a, a backup this year. And Byron Young, a guy that Vic mentioned earlier, like I don't necessarily see him supplanting like a Bilal Nichols. Maybe he could push Jerry Tillery. You know, Jerry Tillery struggles against the run like he has in the past. Maybe Byron Young could surprise there. But, you know, however it shakes out, they need, need some guys to, to make an impact. Last year, you know, I think we gave them a mulligan because they traded their first two picks for Devontae Adams, obviously. And De- Devontae was great. And so... 
and even still they found a starter in Dylan Parham right away. And but this year, I mean, they they had just too much draft capital, a really high pick, a top ten pick, like. You know, these guys have to make an impact. They can't have another year where their rookie class has, you know, 75% of the guys basically not do anything. You know, they have to show that they can, you know, work toward that goal that they set this year of, you know, building on their homegrown talent and, and setting themselves up for the future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing like a jet sweep by Tucker or like just kind of how they use them. I think they have these plans to kind of get speed out there and uh, it'll be kind of fun to watch. And you mentioned Bennett, Bennett's, I think a guy who's shown signs of being a potentially an impact player. So he definitely, I like his jersey change. He's wearing zero. It's kind of a cool number. So he's got some confidence. I like that. That's, that's key for a cornerback. Um, I want to see some turnovers. That's all I heard about all freaking training camp preseason. Like it's been, a, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, we got Marcus Peters and these talks how to get turnovers. We talk about it every day and practice. And, and we saw some of the preseason games. So I got to see at least two on Sunday or else the whole thing was uh, was, was not, re- not real. Yeah, I, I noticed on the Raiders depth chart that Nate Hobbs was uh, starting outside corner. Is that the plan for ba- when they're in base defense? They just have, I mean, they only list two corners pretty much on every depth chart. So, like, they never really list a nickel corner. So, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much in, into that. He's a, he's a slot guy. Okay. Yeah, those depth charts are not really worth much. Some, the media release depth charts are kind of, uh, I don't think they spend a lot of time on those. Yeah, first play of the game, I want to see a Jimmy G deep ball to Trey Tucker just to you know send a message. Like, <laughs> Trey this Tucker? New, yeah, this is a new Jimmy G. This is not Devontae Adams Jimmy just G. said, what the? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no Devontae. No. All right, all right, I'll take it. One of the biggest things to look for in week one for this team to buy into this regime and for, for Josh McDaniels and his credibility is, is a really strong game from Jimmy G. You know, because they, they, they made the move to Jimmy G because he's better for the system than Derek Carr was. You know, that's the, the theory. So you want to see a, a good, efficient game from Jimmy G. You, you want to see the system go to work and for them to be able to put some points up. I mean, one of the, you know, the most disastrous things that could happen is just a, a, a bad game from Jimmy G. You know, t- guys start to not buy into the system anymore. And, you know, one of the, the biggest, uh, your biggest Things that you, you're going to hang your hat on this off season uh, doesn't work well early. You know, it, it, it could start to um, you know really get guys to not buy into buy into Josh McDaniels. So, I want to see a strong game from Jimmy G. All right, let's make predictions. Who wants to go first? The Raiders are a three and a half point underdog. Uh, we are not picking against the spread though. We're just picking straight up. Who uh, give me a score? Who do you got winning? Yeah, I guess I'll start with the negative. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go Broncos 23, Raiders 20. Um, I'm, I'm doing our NFL picks again this year, so I already kind of spoiled it. So my picks are already out there. But, you know, I guess that line is a good one for me since I have them winning by three. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see a bunch of offensive fireworks in this one. You know, I'm still kind of iffy on the Broncos offense, and I, I just think the Broncos defense is really good. And so it's going to be, especially in the first first real game for Garoppolo, um, kind of finding himself with his new teammates. I think they're going to be some hiccups. Um, as we said, I think the offensive line is going to get challenged pretty mightily in this game. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, we didn't really talk about him in this episode. I mean, he's, he's coming off of basically not doing any football stuff for like eight months. So... It's probably going to take him a little bit of time to, to get acclimated and, and get back to his his regular form. And so and then obviously the Chandler Jones situation, not having him out, out there most likely and, and whatever other effects that could have on the locker room. Um, I just think it's kind of a weird week for the Raiders. And um, I think they fall a little bit short against against the Broncos on the road. 
I agree. I had it as a kind of a coin flip game, but uh, for me, the Chandler Jones things uh, kind of pushed me towards the Broncos. Not so much like again his impact on the field. He's a he's a fine player, but I mean that's not why. I just think they were riding this wave of positivity all throughout camp in the preseason. Like everything was kind of the message was back and the new players in, kind of the whole all the building the culture, yada yada yada. So things were definitely. Trending in the right direction. You know, Jimmy came back from his injury. Terry Wilson came back from his injury. Uh, Josh Jacobs showed up. Renfro seemed like he was in, in good spirits after having last year kind of a, um, not a great year. Kind of who's back in, in sync. So everything was positive. And then this week, obviously, things have, uh, have, have gone, off, gone off the rails a little bit. So I think that will be um, a factor that not only on the field, but also off the field. So I think um, I got the Broncos winning uh, 27-24. Wait, so the Raiders aren't getting 60 sacks this season? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just taking this week by week. This is a week by week prediction right now. We're not looking at the big picture, but they still might get 60 sacks, but. Um, you sound like Josh McDaniel. That's what he said. That's like his exact words yesterday. <laughs> taking it day by day. We're not looking at the big picture. Exactly. It's, this is a pick by pick. I'm talking about this game only. I'm not about, 60 sacks was something we talked about in the past, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. We altered it 10 minutes later to 50. Yeah, fifty sacks, exactly, fifty sacks. But obviously, I mean, I mean, Chandler Jones was a part of that, and who knows what happens with him? And maybe they bring somebody else in you know, in the future, but to take his place. But um, this week, it's a lot to ask of Malcolm Kuntz and of uh, Terry Wilson. So I, I'm not sure you're up to it this week, but we'll find out. Yeah, I, I got to stick with my uh, my prediction for for nine wins, and if they get to nine wins, they have to win this game. So I. I, I I'll be positive and say they win this game 24 to 20. I don't believe in Russell Wilson just yet. I'm going to have to see Russell Wilson play good football before I before I believe in him. You know, I, I think some of that turnover magic they had in the offseason translates to this game. They get a couple of key turnovers against Russ, and the offense does just enough, and they, they win this game 24-20. Ted stole my score. Um, I'm going to go Raiders 27-21. Six-game winning streak. Make it seven. For all I said about my uncertainty in Josh McDaniels, you, know, you do get those those certain games where you know he's able to put together the right game plan. Yeah, you know, a lot of people in the league think very highly of him as as a game planner and a play caller. Um, I think uh, he, he's got to come out this week with some focus. You know, a lot a lot of pre- you know they brought in his guy Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got to he's got to bring it with him. So uh, I think the road is going to get tough. We know those next three games after this are really tough, and, and this is a tough opener, but. Uh, I think week one, they go out there and uh, they, they play pretty well. 27-21 Raiders. We, we end the show with some positivity to, to people picking the Raiders to win. All right, everybody. Well, we, uh, we're we looking forward to the opener. Should be a fun opening week. Programming note, we, we will not be doing a post-game podcast this season. Um, we're going to put all of our energy into this uh, into this podcast, uh, our, our midweek show, kind of getting you ready for the next game. So we'll be back in the middle of next week, uh, next Thursday, to talk a little bit about how the Raiders fared in the opener against the Broncos and, and then get you set for Buffalo next week. But um, looking forward to this season. Should be a fun one. All right, y'all. See you next week. Later. Adios. I will remember you.